The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Speaking of uh, politics, I mean, I don't know anything about politics, and I'm very happy. Up until three, mu- three months ago, I thought Henry Cabot Lodge was a motel. <laughs> A friend of mine told me last night, he said, just think, if Barry Goldwater had been running against McGovern, nobody would have won. (laughs) And another thing, regardless of our political beliefs, however we may feel about who won, who lost, or anything, and this is a true fact that... We, in President Nixon, we, it was published recently, we have the healthiest president who ever lived in the White House. And I happen to know, and this was not published, but I happen to know that when President Nixon took his last physical, <laughs> the doctor said to him, after they all had the consultation and everything, brought him in the office, one of them said, well, Mr. President, you without a doubt are one of the most healthy men who ever lived. And I want to say this to you, we have just one more little thing to go through with, and if it works out fine, you will be the, the healthiest who has ever lived in the White House. And he said, I want you to take this little bo- bottle and take it home with you, have your regular dinner tonight, but after dinner, don't have any snacks or anything. Go to bed, and the first thing you do when you get up in the morn- morning, take this little bottle with you to the ba- bathroom and see that I get it sometime tomorrow afternoon. And we will just keep our fin- fingers crossed and hope that it doesn't turn out cloudy. <laughs> if, it, if it isn't cloudy, you're in top shape. So the president went home that night, and when he went to bed... He started, he was saying his prayers, and he said, Dear Lord, please let me make this one thing perfectly clear. Hail to the chief, he's the chief, and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy, hail to... That's more or less... To the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step. From the Tom Sumner Show.
Hey, welcome back everybody as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner program and of course <clears throat> last hour and again this hour we're uh, sort of tipping our hat to the fact that today is the 50th anniversary of uh, the infamous Watergate break-in that uh, led to the, the huge scandal that, that brought down uh, then-President Richard Nixon. And a filmmaker in Detroit, he's a tech executive and uh, the founder of a uh, film company, I believe is called Kaiba Films, um, is joining me by phone to talk about a movie I saw just within the last week or so called 18 and a Half, A Watergate Story. And it's a fascinating premise that's uh, based on <clears throat> the idea that the famous uh, 18 and a half minutes of uh, missing tape in the in the Watergate tapes that backed up John Dean's testimony to the uh, uh, various uh, congressional hearings um, came into the possession of a fictional. Uh, transcriptionist and um and and the merry mix-ups that ensue and we're going to talk about that movie and and more with uh, my guest who is um tel Ganason. i think that's how you pronounce it and he joins me by phone good morning tell and welcome to the show good morning tom glad to be on your show tom um how did how did a tech entrepreneur end up starting a film company in Detroit? <laughs> uh, it's all serendipity, Tom. Um, you know, back when I was growing up in India, I always wanted to be, you know, part of a movie-making process, but it, it never, uh, the dream never uh, took root until 30, 40 years later. Um, you know, I was bored doing the same thing in the tech space. And I wanted to do something new, and that's how I—I uh, I would say by accident—I got back into my old dreams of making a movie. And how did this particular story? I—I I, I mentioned in the introduction, uh, tell that I saw the movie. I—I I, I got to screen it, and and uh, thank you to whoever on your team made that possible for me. Um, and it—the premise is just so so clever and so different that that 18 and a half minutes has been talked about and written about but never featured in a political thriller like this and it's um and and it's done very well there's there's i was telling some friends about uh the part where they actually start listening to the tape and um uh, and then a fight breaks out, and so you can't hear what's on the tape. <laughs> and it's it's a very clever uh, directing device uh, to to hear the tape and not hear it at the same time because we still don't know what's on it. Exactly, that is the point. Uh, obviously, the credit goes to the director Dan Mirvich, who is a good friend of mine, um, and I happened to you know know him you know several years ago. Uh, and then when he was talking about, you know, this movie, uh, this intrigued me, uh, that's how I got involved. And, uh, you know, the thing is that it, 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 it's, uh, it's some parts of the movie, almost halfway through, it's very comedic, then all of a sudden becomes very dark. And then also it's a, it's a political 
thriller, mystery, and till today we don't know, like you rightfully said, that 18 and a half minutes is still a mystery, will always remain a mystery. So, uh, you know, so I wanted to, you know, get involved in these kind of movies. You know, I have done some thriller movies, I've done some love stories, but never a, a, a thriller. And it is so ironic that today is the 50th anniversary. I mean, see, this is another serendipitous moment, right? This is so, such a great time to be coming out with it. You have, you know, the hearings going on over January 6th and, and the connection to then-President Trump, and then the anniversary, the 50th anniversary. Uh, and, and there are going to be several 50th anniversaries now because it was the break-in that happened today. So for the next 16 months... <laughs> there are going to be Watergate 50th anniversaries of various things, uh, hearings and testimony and the discovery of the tapes and all of those kinds of things. Um, and, and so this is just such a great time, Tell, to be you coming did. out with this. Uh, you know, yeah. Was that... Tom, I, I, uh, I couldn't have planned for this right, Tom. Like, your <laughs> interview... I am doing a screening again today for all the people in, uh, you know, Southeast Michigan uh, at the Nova Imagine today. I, I couldn't have planned for this. So including making the movie and releasing at the same time. So uh, it's just, just all those things are coming together. I, I know. And it's and it's just fabulous. And now I uh, because of the anniversary today, I uh, played an interview last hour that I think was done back in 2020. Um, but a, a, a UK uh, novelist had written a book about Alger Hiss, whom she had gotten to know personally. And um, the book is called Alger Hiss Framed, A New Look at the Story that Made Nixon Famous. Okay, so there's, mm. there's the Nixon angle. And while we were talking, and, and this is what's so interesting about 18 and a half and, and that 18 and a half minutes, she said uh, one of the things about the Watergate tapes is that they backed up John Dean's testimony. Some of the most outrageous things that he said that people just frankly didn't believe were borne out by those tapes. And she said one of the things he said that was never backed up by the tapes was that they he made some comment John Dean testified to this that Nixon said something about well we could build a typewriter like we did with Alger Hiss got it got it <laughs> and she said that could be in the 18 and a half minutes so she's speculating about this one little piece of testimony that might be in the 18 and a half minutes and people have been speculating about this for years but nobody thought to tell a story yeah where the tape shows up and i think it's just brilliant tell i i, I can't tell you that enough Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I mean, I couldn't even believe that we would have this kind of a reception in the marketplace, you know, with, uh, you know, being played out in, in uh, you know, 20 film festivals all around four continents. And now, you know, we have a theatrical release in 60 cities. That really is a telling that it's being well received. Uh, it's certainly exceeding our expectations, to be honest with you. And the cast is great, but I was especially surprised to see Richard Kind. Yeah. That guy yeah. shows up 
everywhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did you just yeah. run into him in a coffee shop in Detroit and say, hey, Richard, you want to be in a movie about uh, Watergate? No, I think we have a casting manager who uh, have access to Richard, and that's how we got Richard into the movie. And then obviously on the Detroit side, we have, you know, obviously we have Wandy uh, uh, Curtis Hall, who's from Detroit. And then we have uh, Ted Ramey, uh, who's giving the voice of General Al Haig. And then, of course, our own uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, who's giving the voice of President Nixon. Uh, all of them are Detroit, uh, you know, natives, and uh, I myself being in Detroit for the last uh, uh, 33 years or so. So, yeah, so we have some quite a bit of uh, contribution from the Detroiters. Now, with a, with a film like this and, and with the timing being so good, um, what what are the the prospects for for ongoing distribution? Now you said you're you're having a screening for people in Southeast Michigan, and I've seen some of the emails about that. I can't. Are you you're at the E Imagine Theater? Tonight? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, is that open to the public or by invitation only? I, I kind of got the impression it was invitation only. Yeah, it's both, uh, Tom. Uh, we had invitation only. I had a screening just for the media about a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then obviously it was screened uh, in uh, Imagine Birmingham 8 for almost more than a week, uh, four or five times a day. Uh, and and, and so, so this month is just theatrical only. And so next month it's going into all the digital platforms so you would start seeing them in Amazon Prime, uh, all the other, uh, you know, Apple, uh, all those digital uh, service providers next month. So, uh, so people will be able to see it soon. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because, I, I, like I say, I highly recommend it. It's it's a different story than any that have been told about a story that's been talked about for for uh, well. 50 years For 50 now. years, 50 <laughs> years, that's right, that's we, right. We have an exact time frame for that. Um, Tell, I want to I, I ask you some more about about this uh, this film and how it came about, but I also want to talk to you about Kaiba Films. Am I saying that right? That's right, you nailed it, uh, uh, Tom. Good, good. You nailed my last name right and the company also right. Well, Who I... To you? I, I, I cheated because you introduced yourself, and I listened very carefully to how you said your last name. Um, but uh, I have to take a short break here, Tell. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Absolutely. All right. My guest is Tell Ganason from Kaiba Films and uh, a number of other things, and we're going to talk about some of those things, I'm sure, in the next segment. But right now we're, uh, well, and we're, we're definitely going to talk some more about this movie, 18 and a half, a Watergate story on the 50th anniversary of the uh, Watergate break-in. Um, right now we're going to let our broadcast partners at WFOV 92.1 FM Flint squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll have lots more straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Hello. Speaking. Oh dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My Robocall Crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we continue our conversation with a Detroit filmmaker involved in uh, the release of a film called 18 and a Half, A Watergate Story, and it's appropriate we're talking about it today because today is the 50th anniversary of the Watergate break-in that led to one of the biggest political scandals in American history. And the film, 18 and a Half, um, centers on the 18 and a Half uh, infamous missing minutes from the Watergate tapes used in the various uh, hearings. That filmmaker is uh, Tell Ganesan, and he joins me by phone. Tell, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. <laughs> Not a problem, Tom. Um, Tell, has filmmaking become your, your primary interest now? Y- yes, 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 Tom. Uh, so I'm cutting my teeth into it. Uh, I still have other interests, but uh, I spend considerable amount of time in, in filmmaking right now. And how is Detroit as a place to be based for making films? Why not New York, Atlanta, L.A., or Bollywood, yeah. for that matter? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one, Tom. Uh, you know... I mean, I do make movies here, but most of the, you know, uh, some of the shoots happen in Atlanta, Nashville, L.A., Florida. So wherever the script calls for, uh, we go ahead and do that, including the 18 and a half, which was in upstate New York. I just happened to be here, uh, you know, being in Detroit for the last 30 some years. Uh, so my base is here, but, uh, you know, we, we, we go where the script need, takes us there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's, 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 that's what is happening. How long did it take to put this movie together, 18 and a half? And I'm, I'm asking because I would think that, you know, it, it takes considerable time to, to shoot and edit and, and score and all of the things that go into making, uh, you know, a film for general release. Um, but it seems like it would have been kind of difficult uh during the the last couple of years with uh with all of the the quarantines and lockdowns uh, due to the pandemic yeah so it, typically a movie should not take more than a year uh, uh, t- uh tom from the time we start the start shooting the principal photography uh, uh before we start releasing the movie uh, but in this case, it took more than, what, two years now. Uh, it was started originally March 2020, uh, right before uh, we hit the brakes on the pandemic, as you yeah, know. Yeah, right, right. It was that <laughs> month exactly. that the big news came out. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at that time, about 80% of the, the, the principal photography was done. And then the pandemic hit, and then we have to put the movie on a pause for over six months and then and then after that you know as you know we had a lot of covid protocols so it was on and off uh and then with the covid protocol we were able to shoot a little bit and complete the movie in the, and put it the movie in the can and then we did the post-production uh remotely virtually as much as we could uh that's why it took uh longer than uh the one year time frame i talked about so in all said and done 18 and a half took about two years when I talk to actors from different uh, different projects, things have changed a lot in the way 
that that people are hired and cast for a movie. Um, were were all of the uh, how, how did you select the cast? Was that was that done by them sending in uh, audition reads and so on, or did you have uh, did your casting people have people in mind uh, right from their their first reading of the script? Yeah, I think they had uh, uh, people in mind as soon as they had the script, Tom, because as you know, like, you know, audition, typically we look for people who are newcomers, but most of the seasoned actors, if you will, we know the ro- we know the role they would fit in. So it's just a matter of matching to them. You know what I mean? Like, who would have the greatest voice of Richard Nixon? Um, and so it was more of, you know, making the connection and fitting them into the role, uh, uh, less of audition, I would say. Now, I was reading, and you mentioned it in the last segment, that uh, this film has been shown at something like 20 festivals. Um, is that a normal part of uh, uh, doing a film release, or is that something that was necessary to build up some credibility for um, uh, a fairly new and and um, not very well-known yet company, if I'm not being insensitive? Yeah. No, I think you are absolutely right, uh, uh, Tom. As you know, I'm not Warner Brothers. I'm not Paramount Pictures. Let's, <laughs> let's make it clear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I never claimed to one maybe as of 2022, maybe down the road I will. Uh, but having said that, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the film festival circuit, I mean, obviously you raise your awareness not only for the movie, but also for the filmmakers. And then in this case, Dan Mervich, who is the director, he was, a fa- he was the founder of the Slam Dance Film Festival. And so because of that, he knows the film festival game really, really well. And so he was able to leverage his experience and put him on to so many film festivals. So this is not available to other indie makers because you got to know the game. Uh, and certainly that brought the awareness, the credibility. And, and seeing that now the theatrical distributors, hey, wow, you know, it's shown in four continents and 20 film festivals. And that's how we were able to theatrically release in about 60 theaters uh, the same day as the Top Gun movie, you know what I mean? So, so that's really, so to answer your question, yes, it, it really, really helped us to get where we are today. I, I would think that the, that the premise and, and the timing um, would have a tremendous effect as well, but how, um, what, what kind of responses did you get from, from the festivals, Tell? No, so, so, so the festivals, we got uh, amazing uh, responses. You know, we started with the Woodstock Film Festival and, uh, you know, some of the diehard uh, uh, Richard Nixon fans were upset that this movie is uh, blasphemy and so on and so forth. Say, wow, so it's, uh, it's evoking such uh, strong emotion. So we already felt, wow, this is, this is a good movie. So the early film festival run gave an indication that it's going to do well. And then once we got that, then we uh, kept on going with other uh, film festivals. And, uh, and now a theatrical release. I mean, Tom, you know, for an indie, indie film, post-pandemic, 
releasing in 60 US cities is, is not a, a small feat by itself you know competing with the with the major studio movies you know what no, I, mean? I think so, that, I think that's tremendous and yes uh, now I, w- I want to ask you about Kaiba films because you founded it and and uh, I, either consciously or unconsciously um, anchored it in Detroit um, what is the bread and butter for Kaiba Films? I and and I ask that because of your background in tech. I, I I would think that you might possibly be able to drum up a lot of work with, uh, you know, how how to and demonstration films and business films and so on. Um, or is it is it your intention to go almost solely after general release projects? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, this is movie number uh, uh, six, I believe, uh, Tom. Uh, just me getting involved in production. So the bread and butter would be, you know, to, to continue to make these movies, continue to get the experience, continue to execute uh, good projects in various genres and, you know, cut the teeth into it and then really elevate and, 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 and start making, you know, with A-listers. Um, in the years to come. So that's really where I'm headed. Uh, and and you're really that, focused on general release entertainment films and not documentaries or business films or something to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ma- mainly I'm focused on feature films. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, so that's what I've been working on. And so that, that's where I'm headed. I'm not into documentaries. I'm not into other business films or anything like that. But but straight um, um, feature films with a global release in mind. Because as you said, Bollywood writes. I also take the <laughs> movies. And, uh, <laughs> and I want to answer the question. So so I want to connect. I want to be the bridge between Bollywood and Hollywood both ways. In other words, I take some actors from Bollywood and put them into my movies. I also take some Hollywood actors and put them into Bollywood, and we create that uh, sort of a, a synergies. And uh, you know, so I add a unique flavor to the to the to the filmmaking. Well, and some people have done that a little bit already, and and with some success. So I would think mm-hmm. that that would be, you know, a real wise path to follow. Um, are you able to work on more than one? feature film at a time are there multiple projects going on or do you complete one and then on to the next one uh, that's an excellent question tom in fact right now i have two things going on at the same time i'm stretched too thin so going <laughs> forward <laughs> i know it's a loaded question going forward i'm going to take your advice and i'm only going to do one at a time because as you rightfully said it, it takes a lot of time a lot of effort and filmmaking is not an easy thing. It had, you have to have a lot of patience, especially uh, during the pandemic. You never know when you're going to finish. So much of uncertainties. And um, having said that, I, I just want to take one, finish one, put it in the can, release the movie, do the red carpeting, close everything, and then start again. Uh, doing multiple things at the same time. I'm, although I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I don't want to do serial production with films. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's just not the right thing to do based on my experience. 
Well, I just wondered with the role you you play, it's um, as executive producer, you know, you can create some distance and get involved in more than one project. Whether or not that's the best idea is, is you know, really something that, that you need yeah. to resolve. But um, mm-hmm. what's what's next for Kaiba Films? So I am uh, currently in the process of putting uh, another movie called Trap City in that I'm not only an executive producer, but I'm also the producer of the film. Uh, so I'm, as we speak, I'm trying to put them into the can uh, and, and schedule for a release late uh, fall. Uh, it's an urban film, um, and it's an inspirational film. Uh, it's a redemption film. Uh, it's a love story. It also talks about fatherhood. So th- that's the film that I'm involved in. What's, uh, what's, again, the, ti- what's the title again, Tell? Trap, Trap City. Oh, okay. Don't get caught in a trap. Gotcha. Yeah. So Trap City, it's, it, 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 it's an Atlanta-based um, uh, film. I mean, the story was based on Atlanta. Uh, it was shot both in uh, Nashville and Atlanta. So, so that's the movie coming to a close. Again, it was caught in the same, same like 18 and a half Tom during the pandemic. Uh, start, stop, pause, you know, so <laughs> we went through the same process. It's almost like a 1970s Richard Nixon tape, you know. <laughs> uh, how how are you um, getting along in in Michigan? Because the, the film agency for the state has been kind of on again, off again. Are they pretty supportive of of your efforts or do you find yourself looking to make films in other places that are maybe a little more film friendly yeah i i while i try to do whatever i have uh you know with whatever access i have i try to do uh in michigan Uh, but as i said uh earlier that uh, wherever film friendly cities and states uh, I, I try to take advantage of that as well. So it's it's really based on the. It, I think it's film specific and uh, script specific. Tom, uh, although I love to do everything in Michigan because I'm I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, Michigan because we have amazing four seasons in here. Uh, if you wanted to use snow, we got them all. You want to have the water body, we have. We have historical sites. We have even sand dunes. So you can pretty much shoot anything that you want. But, uh, you know, as you know, our city and our state is not as friendly as it used to be. And certainly it's not, uh, you know, with the likes of Atlanta, which uh, really uh, use those incentives to lit- literally draw uh, hundreds and hundreds of people into the city to make films, you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and when you're... When you're doing a project, especially a big project with a lot of moving parts, like like eighteen and a half, for example, um, what or, or maybe the new film Trap City, what what determines whether you're going to shoot in Atlanta or or Nashville? I, I was surprised when you said Nashville for some reason. I don't know why it's such a great entertainment city. I would think they'd be film friendly, but. Um, is it the material in the script? Is it about logistics? What um, what what is it that makes you decide on a location? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's an excellent question, Tom. Look, Tom, you should be coming and making filmmaking with me, you know, so you seem to be asking excellent questions. So, Well, why, Tell, why in, don't you have uh, your people call my people, we'll do lunch. <laughs> 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 That's a good one, Tom. That's a good one. I think mostly uh, several things, Tom. But first thing first, uh, the script decides. Right? For example, if you wanted to show it's an Atlanta-based movie, you wanted to show, you know, the landscape uh, of Atlanta. So you got to shoot in Atlanta, or we can even cheat by doing in New York and show it's Atlanta. So that can be done. But sometimes we try to do it in places we don't have a lot of restrictions and so on and but so at the forth. very least you want to get you know some uh skylines and establishment shots that you know show you're clearly in atlanta or new york yeah. if it's new york yes yes and so 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 to that extent we do and then the other thing would be logistics right where do we have our crew you know that's an affordable price point uh where do we have the access and permits uh, without a lot of delays, and uh, you know, so 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 I use that as a, 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 a driving factor. For example, I would love to do a lot of things in in, in in Detroit because I have a lot of access. Like one of the first movie, I utilized the Detroit Museum, the Henry Ford Garage, the court, the police station, because you know, being in Michigan, I have access to all of them, and we have amazing production value. Uh, you know, so 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 to those in, in those situations, I always go back to Detroit, Michigan. Uh, but when the movies don't, you know, call for that, then I go to other places and where I could drop on similar connections. Tom, so it's kind of a case by case basis. Well, I want to make sure we we uh, get back to eighteen and a half. This this film is. I I am just so. Um, I, I guess the word is proud, Tell, of you and your team and Kaiba Films for doing work of this quality right here in Michigan. I, 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 I can't say that enough. The film is 18 and a half, a Watergate story. It's based on uh, a premise where a, a transcriptionist comes across the missing 18 and a half minutes from the infamous Watergate tapes and and then a, a, a rather humorous political thriller ensues um, with uh, efforts to try and and get the tape leaked to the media it's and it's it's a fascinating idea for a story and it's a, a fun story and well told but I want to make sure um, and, and, of course, the uh, founder of Kaiba Films is my guest, uh, Tell Ganesan. And, Tell, I want to make sure that we let people know where they'll be able to see the film and when, because I, I really encourage people to, to see this movie. Yeah. Starting in July, after the uh, first week of July, uh, everyone should be able to watch them digitally on all digital platforms such as Amazon, Amazon Prime, uh, uh, and then eventually it will also end up in Tubi, uh, and then all the Apple, uh, Google platforms, everywhere that you can stream, you will be able to stream them. Uh, but this month, and until uh, end of the month, it is being screened in uh, various cities. I think uh, in Michigan, I think we just finished our run, 
but it is being screened uh, across other cities, 60 cities in the U.S. But in another few weeks, uh, we should be able to watch, uh, you know, you can stream. Well, tell with all of the things that you have going on, I'm I'm really happy you were able to put some time aside and and uh, talk about this movie and Kaiba Films with me and the listeners today. And and I appreciate you taking that time. Thank you so much. And I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find excuse me where they can find out more about you, Kaiba Films, and. Um, and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website that you'd like to share? Yes. My website is uh, com. That is T-E-L-K-G-A-N-E-S-A-N.com. And the company's website is www.kaibafilms.com. That is K-Y-Y-B-A. Films, com. Well, Tal, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much, and keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you so much, Tom. Uh, glad to be on your program. Look forward to connecting with you again, Tom. And uh, thanks to all your listeners, Tom. And keep up the good work. Well, maybe I'll be able to, to corner you when Trap City comes out. Let's do it. All right. Take care, Tal. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Tal Ganeshan, um, the founder of Kaiba Films in Detroit, who are uh, releasing a movie that's very appropriate, considering today is the 50th anniversary of the Watergate burglary. It's 18 and a half, a Watergate story. Um, and it's uh, made in Michigan, and um, something to be proud of, to be sure. Anyway, um, we have a uh, short break coming up here in just a moment, and then we'll wrap up today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. And coming up Monday, um, I say with uh, Father's Day coming up Sunday, if it hadn't been the anniversary of Watergate and this movie wasn't being released, I probably would have uh, done some kind of a tribute to Father's Day. So I've moved that to Monday, and we're going to have uh, this going to be uh, it's it's a fun show. Um, I went through the archives and pulled uh, the son and uh, two daughters of uh, well-known people. And uh, we have those interviews, plus uh, the author of a, um, uh, a book um, called Conversations Across America about his bicycle trip cross-country with his 75-year-old father. It's uh, a very interesting uh, book and conversation. Anyway, that's all coming up Monday with a uh, tribute to Father's Day featuring... Um, Sergeant Shriver's son, Mark, and uh, Vincent Price's daughter, Victoria, and Rod Serling's daughter, Anne. She was on the show for Father's Day a few years ago, and we're going to hear that that interview again on Monday. In the meantime, we're going to take a a short break, but we'll have uh, the last segment of today's edition 
straight ahead. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Sloan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, Mark Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom It's Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company. And then ask for the gift card number over the phone. 
Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your Hollywood reporter, Don Hinckley, at the premiere of what is probably the most talked about motion picture of all time, the story of the great love between the handsome Roman general and the Egyptian queen. We're hoping to interview the beautiful star of this epic. And oh, I, I, I think we're in luck. Yes, yes. We are in luck. Here comes that great beauty now. Excuse me, would you like to say hello to your millions of fans? My name, Jose Jimenez. <laughs> hello to your millions of fans. Of course, uh, everyone here knows the name of your picture, but I'm sure you'd like to mention it again. The name of my picture is Digit Goes Egyptian. <laughs> I always thought the uh, title of the picture was Cleopatra. Oh, no, no, no. Cleopatra is the name of our coming attraction. (laughs) Coming attraction? That's right. Well, that picture cost $40 million. That's nothing. I was cost $100,000. Well, that's not so much. For a ticket? (laughs) Do you mean that you're charging $100,000 for one ticket? Why, I couldn't afford to see that picture. Would you like a free pass? (laughs) Yes, I would. That'll be $10,000. How much did the picture actually cost to make? Including lunches. Why why should lunches be so expensive? Do you know what it costs to smuggle corned beef into Egypt? I guess costumes uh, must have cost you a fortune. Oh, costumes, my goodness. Costumes alone cost $50 billion. I imagine uh, Cleopatra's costume was the most expensive. No, there we save money. <laughs> Eight yards of saran wrap and some beads was all, all didn't, we needed for that. Didn't they uh, try to save money at all? Yes, we tried to save money at all. For example, one time we had this thing, you know, that was going on in a beautiful alabaster hall. And we had 30,000 dancing girls running around. And we had 20,000 musician people playing golden harps. And we had 40,000 slave girls pouring wine. Well, how did that save money? We used paper cups. That must have been the famous orgy scene? No, that was the famous coffee break. That's fantastic. Yeah, we swung on a set there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I gotta tell you one thing. That the picture has a surprised ending. So nobody will be seated during the last five hours. Well, 
it's obviously a very long movie, but uh, yes. do you plan to have intermissions? Yes, one intermission. Wednesday. <laughs> you guys can take Wednesday off. You mean the show lasts a whole week? Yes, if you see the cartoon. Cartoon? Yes, Ben-Hur. <laughs> Mickey Mouse plays Ben and Minnie plays her. Exactly how long have you been uh, working on this picture? Well, quite a while, because we had a delay one time. We had to lay off on account of the noise. What noise? World War II. <laughs> we had those tiger tanks going there. We were straight. It was really terrible, and then it was these guys with the pointed helmets. Jose. <laughs> Maybe it was World War I. <laughs> Sir, let's talk about your co-star's salary. I understand it's an astronomical figure. She certainly has. <laughs> I, you I, noticed that, yeah, huh? I'm talking about I'm her salary. I'm glad to see her Oh, you're her salary. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about, and I'll talk about what I want. I understand that she makes $8,000 a day. Now, that's more than most people isn't make in a year. Isn't that something? $8,000 a day. Yeah. It's a lot of but money. Sure. But is she really happy? Boy, is she happy. <laughs> You never heard such giggling in your life. It comes from that girl on payday, and you can hear it all the way across the street. But, Jose, yes. money doesn't buy happiness. No, but for $8,000 a day, you could rent it. Now that you've mentioned your beautiful co-star, I wonder if you'd answer the question the whole world is asking. I would be delighted to, as long as they don't ask it at once. Let them ask you one at a time. Let's start with India, if you want right. to. There's a lot of people over there. The question is... Yes? Are you going to marry your co-star? I would have to say it this time, and you can quote me on this, and I don't care if you quote me word for word and even better. <laughs> I will marry the woman I love. You will? I always do. <laughs> I don't know what I could tell you about how much I love her. I would climb the top of the highest mountain. I would crawl on my little belly across all the desert and the hot desert, and I would go across the most ragging rivers for her. When will you see her next? Tonight, if it doesn't rain. <laughs> Listen, you know, I got my good toga on. I don't want to spoil it. Jose, what would you say was your biggest problem in the picture? I would say my biggest problem in the picture was the asp. The uh, asp? Yes. You mean the snake? Yes, the snake asp, yes. <laughs> you see, that is snake. Had to come around and hug Cleopatra real tight and coil around her and come up and bite her right on the neck, you see? And it was my job to teach that asp how to do that. So, so, so what's wrong with that? He got it right the first time. I told him nobody likes a smart asp. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Party are attempting to seize control of the government of the United States by legitimate means. They plan to use a free press, open discussion of the issues, and the universal franchise in an all-out effort to win the presidency. Should they succeed, all our efforts to repeal the Bill of Rights, pack the Supreme Court with right-wing morons, intimidate the media, suppress dissent, halt social progress, promote big business, and crush the Congress will be destroyed. Your mission, E, should you choose to accept it, is to stop these men once and for all by ensuring that the weakest of them, Senator George McGovern, wins the nomination, and then sabotaging his campaign by any possible means. You will have at your disposal electronic bugging equipment, burglary tools, wigs, voice alteration devices, a camera disguised as a tobacco pouch, forged documents, a safe house, 500 loyal but clumsy Cubans, and $2 million in $100 bills. As always, if any member of your CIA force is caught or killed, the president will disavow any knowledge of your activities. This administration will self-destruct in 16 months. Good luck, Howie. Hail to the chief, he's the chief and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy. Hail to... That's more or less... Hail to the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step. From the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program on this 50th anniversary of the infamous Watergate break-in that led to the uh, uh, one of the biggest political scandals in U.S. history and brought down then-President Richard Nixon. That happened 50 years ago today. Thanks to my guests um, today, especially uh, this, this live one this last hour with uh, Tel Ganation from uh, Kaiba Films who've uh, done this uh, this new movie is coming out you'll be able to see it coming up in uh, just just a couple of weeks 18 and a half a Watergate story fascinating uh, fascinating story based on the missing 18 and a half minutes of uh, uh, tape from the uh, famous Watergate tapes and that's smoking George winners tickling the ivories let me know it's time to head on down the hall for the weekend have a great father's day if you're celebrating a father or being celebrated as one and uh, tune in monday for our father's day uh, tribute with um, ann serling victoria price and mark shriver uh, among the guests uh, to pay tribute to father's day that's uh, that's on monday's show in the meantime have a great weekend good night everybody program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the flint area Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, 
find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.